0: the silent hours of the night. That's when my thoughts come to life. Those are the late night conversations I don't mind losing sleep over. Join me on the late nights with your Stammy. The late night with so Just Dummy. Um, today I am with the exquisite, extraordinary chef Dr. Mike Fenster and um, today we'll be talking about culinary medicine. Hi doctor, how you doing?
1: Hi, just me. I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm uh, very well, thank you. Very well. Good. Uh, before we start, I would like to ask you how you manage being a cardiologist, a chef and a professor of um, um, culinary medicine. How do you manage?
1: Well, the, the the beauty is that they're all connected. Cause everybody always says, you know, the way to somebody's heart is through their stomach. So, uh, doing all those things and uh, putting them together at, at the table of culinary medicine uh, makes it easy. So, um, it's it's fun. And we um, sort of all kidding aside. What's what's really great is that it's a passion and. You know, from the cardiology aspects of health and interventional cardiology, and, and helping people with their heart, um, all the way to bringing joy to their heart with feeding them and culinary medicine in between. Um, I just feel really blessed to uh, to be able to do that.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You, you look like you have a superpower there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um... I'll just dive into the questions
1: Sure. what what is culinary medicine? Sure. So culinary medicine, if people were to look it up on the internet, they'd actually find, you know, a wide range of definitions. So it's really an emerging discipline and uh, ours is very specific because we teach it at a university, the University of Montana. And uh, so we have to go through a very strict kind of scientific vetting process uh, kind of has a long definition, but really what culinary medicine is about as we teach it is empowering people, everyone, not just information for doctors or techniques for chefs, but everyone to empower them to, you know, re-examine, Reforge and reconnect with their relationship to food. So it's not just about telling people what to eat or making tasty recipes with, you know, vegetables and things like that. It's all about who we eat, when we eat, uh, where we eat, the happiness, the joy. Because you know, food has been around as long as there's been people so you know i I say you know culinary medicine people say wow that's really neat that seems really cutting edge and Mm -hmm. and new but You know, um, maybe a couple hundred thousand years ago, um, your ancestors and my ancestors were sitting around, you know, um, and and one of us decided to, you know, cook up some mastodon ribs and, and, you know, we sat there under the the starlight and told stories around the fire and, and we ate some delicious food. And that was the beginning of culinary medicine.
0: Oh, wow. So, what are some some of the common things that you see people struggle with when it comes to nutrition?
1: So, confusion, probably, mm-hmm. and and rightly so, because I think a lot of that we in the medical community need to own up and, and take some blame for that, because it has been confusing for for over a half a century. Back in the 1970s, the first government recommendations. Uh, came about in the United States, and there was a lot of confusion, there was a lot of politics, there was a lot of undecided things. They were forces that we've only learned about recently, uh, such as uh, certain industry uh, predilections and industry uh, presence that were driving, uh, you know, certain recommendations. And, and so people um, are confused. And, and really, I see a lot of healthcare professionals that are confused, and so we need to. And what one of the things that culinary medicine seeks to do is like, really, let's change our perspective. You know, uh, my last book was called Food Shaman: The Art of Quantum Food, and it's well, what is quantum food? And and if we think about like quantum physics, you know, uh, Newton didn't invent gravity, and Einstein yeah. didn't really invent anything. They just let us see what was there all along in a different long, way yeah. that we could understand. And so I think we need to understand food and nutrition in the context of not like red meat or vegetables or fruit or fish or you know lobsters or whatever, yeah. but in the context of you know what's really wholesome and natural that nature has provided for us yeah. for you know has provided us with health and uh, nutrition uh, for hundreds of thousands of years versus what is the ultra processed kind of adulterated things that have only been around maybe less than a hundred years. One of the things we're learning in the scientific end is how important these bacteria are in our gut. And these gut bacteria have co-evolved with us over millions and millions of years to co-metabolize the food we eat. Mm -hmm. And so when we feed them a lot of these ultra processed things um, it turns out that we change them in a way that can lead to things like obesity, inflammation, diabetes, heart disease, certain cancers, and so on. So it's about a shift and need to stop thinking about foods like red meat and yams and whatever and start looking at at whether it's, it's nat- natural uh, or ultra-processed. And that was really um, highlighted uh, over 10 years ago uh, when some uh, researchers at the University of uh, Brazil in Sao Paulo came about with something called the NOVA classification that does just that. And it's actually been adopted by the United Nations and they classify wow. foods by level of processing and level four is what you wanna stay away from that's ultra processed.
0: Ah, Interesting. Oh, you already answered part of my next question um how are you noticing that nutrition affects people's health in a negative way
1: well certainly um to segue that great question it segues right into what we're talking about (laughs) uh which is that when we look at diets like the, the standard American diet, or SAD as we call it, which yeah. is about 60 to 70, maybe 75% of these ultra processed foods, what we find is that it leads to disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, a paper was published showing that if you just eat diets that like the American diet, or modern Western diet, standard American diet, it puts you at high, high risk for developing diabetes, which obviously is a gateway for heart disease, uh, neurological conditions, uh, et cetera. And so uh, really, when we remove that and we get people to shift back to a less ultra-processed diet, and this was a paper published in a British Medical Journal, I think about a year or so ago, not only can we help prevent things like diabetes, but we can actually reverse it, and that's amazing.
0: Really, really amazing. Um, So is nutrition a full solution when it comes to traditional medicine?
1: Sorry, I, I lost you for a second there.
0: Oh, I said, is nutrition a full solution when it comes to traditional medicine?
1: I, I would say no, because nutrition is part of what we teach in culinary medicine. Yeah. But culinary medicine, as we teach it, one of the things that makes it really unique is we take an approach which we call, uh, which people have described as what's called a sapiens methodology. And so, Culinary medicine is looking about all these interconnections of how food affects our health and where we interact. And nutrition is certainly part of that, but it turns out just how we feel, just how we think, when we eat, that can affect our health as well. Uh, Neuroscience has shown that when people engage in things called MBEAT or mindfulness-based eating awareness techniques, for example, we can lower our body's uh, level of inflammation without any respect necessarily to what we eat, but it's much more about how we eat and our mental state. And we can measure things like that uh, with functional MRI, structural MRI, look at the areas of the brain. So one of the things, for example, that we talk about in culinary medicine is an attitude of gratitude and simply shifting into that attitude of gratitude, instead of being so angry when we eat and saying, I got another meeting and gosh, the internet isn't working and getting upset with that. Take a deep breath, Mm. breathe in, breathe out, move on. Be grateful for what we have. And and it turns out that those are incredibly uh, important. And to go back to what we said earlier, the social aspect, food has been social currency as long as there has been human beings so the fact that you know we can eat and you and i can maybe have a dinner somewhere and we share conversation that experience in and of itself around the food has healing potential uh so there's all these aspects what we call when we study culinary medicine uh are non-ingredient influences uh, these things outside of what we actually eat can have huge impacts on our health.
0: Oh, okay so what are some things that the average person do can do right to improve their health or to improve their diet sorry?
1: So first is, is to shift away from the super convenient ultra processed foods and it's interesting certainly uh, for example in the United States the major source of unwanted fats and unwanted ingredients, people think, oh, you know, I I better not have a a piece of red meat or this or that, but it's actually things like mayonnaise and salad dressings and things that are added to, you know, processed cakes and cookies and and breads and things like that. So the first thing we can do is uh, look towards sourcing our ingredients for more natural, wholesome ingredients and getting away from the ultra processed ingredients. And and if we do that, um, we immediately start to see health benefits because when we look at diets that people are doing nowadays that they talk about you know uh in terms of positive health effects like the keto diet or the paleo diet what these things have in common to me is that the first thing they do is say stop eating all these refined carbohydrates so stay away from you know uh soft modern you know processed wheat breads and sandwiches and condiments and people can do that on their own without paying all this money you know, for some from some diet guru or to buy special products, you know, mm. just start looking more towards real food.
0: It feels like you're a psychic now. You you just answered my next question. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were on people trying the fat diets like keto and the likes of it.
1: Yeah, so I, you know, um, in. in People, you know, go on diets for a couple of reasons. And so if somebody needs to go on a diet because they want to lose some weight and shed some, I think that, you know, that's fine. And really what the data tells us is it sort of doesn't matter what approach you do, really, as long as you stick with it and you end up losing those pounds. But then the question comes about, well, what do you do for the rest of your life? Uh, Nobody wants to be on a restrictive diet for the rest of your life. And so, you know, as we just talked about, like you said, you know, these diets like the keto, the paleo, things like that, what they have in common is just really staying away from the ultra processed foods. And so what I think is great about that, is that that means you get to eat what you like right yeah all of us have different palates we're all different personalities we're all individuals and you know you could have uh, we could sit down to the same meal and you're like chef dr mike what did you order this is awful (laughs) and i could be like Oh, this is the most delicious food so you know um you can play to the things you like yeah what's important in the diet is that it's sustainable and by that i mean It's something that you get excited about eating every meal because you love the food and it's delicious. Yeah, And it's sustainable, not just for you, for your lifetime, but for the community and the planet. And when it turns out that when we look to sourcing these real wholesome ingredients and we get, the the best ingredients that we ha- can, it turns out they're often produced in the uh, a way that is most beneficial for the environment for our planet. So that becomes kind of a, a great win-win.
0: Okay, so um, can you give a specific example of a way nutrition can address issues many of us face?
1: Sure. So uh, I, I just mentioned, you know, looking at getting away from ultra processed you know yeah. foods right. and um, you know it, it, almost uh, every country is experiencing a rise in the population's obesity
0: yeah
1: and with that is coming an epidemic proportion of diabetes. And as we we're saying, that becomes then a gateway for heart disease, certain cancers, mm. uh, you know, neurological conditions, inflammatory gastrointestinal conditions, arthritis. You know, just all this gamut of chronic disease that really uh, is responsible for a majority of the healthcare costs, certainly in, in most of the Western countries. And so, what we see is that when we can shift away um you know we just mentioned the that the data from the british medical journal showing yeah that we can prevent and reverse the disease and the statistics on that when we talk about diabetes i'm talking about type 2 diabetes which is the one that's associated with adults um bad diet etc it's estimated that 90 percent nine zero percent wow is preventable with diet 80 percent 80% of heart attacks could be prevented with diet. Mm. And then for people who already have a type two diabetes, anywhere uh, from roughly the average of about 60, but anywhere from about 40 to over 70% of cases can be reversed with diet and, and lifestyle things like exercise, etc. So if we think about that and we think about how much time and effort and money and how much human misery is spent dealing you know with that type of illness and its complications uh, wow you know it just if we start taking a little responsibility changing the way we eat and so on and so forth um that's that is super powerful now the companies that sell the drugs that treat that they don't want a lot of people to know about that because oh, they lose boss. a lot of customers.
0: But, <laughs> yeah. but those
1: are the facts. And and I could tell you just anecdotally, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who makes pizzas. And he makes his pizzas with really all-natural, uh, wholesome ingredients. Oh, nice. And he's very successful because he said, you know, Chef Dr. Mike, people came to me and they said, if I had a slice of pizza from, you know, um, one of the chains, the big five chains in the United States, I could eat one slice or maybe two and i didn't feel very good and i didn't like it and they're Mm -hmm. like i could eat one of your whole little pizzas and i'm actually feeling great and he's like well i use all organic natural ingredients wow um you know and it's and it's made fresh oh great it's not all those sort of things so the great news is you can eat pizza
0: oh nice so what about um migraines
1: and their connection to nutrition. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. A lot of things like migraines, um, even autism, um, etc., cetera, uh, depression seem to have connections to our gut and the foods we eat. Wow. Um, it's an area of, of active investigation, yeah. um, but yeah. some of it, the preliminary information, seems to suggest that it may involve those bacteria that we were talking about and that the bacteria are constantly communicating with our nervous system and our immune system and sending things off and and of course that has effects throughout the body and one of the great things is that we can affect the type and number of those bacteria by controlling what we eat
0: interesting interesting so what are the questions um, patients ask their doctors uh, when it comes to improving their quality life and health?
1: Well, you know, uh, often you know, it's, it's, it's funny you should ask that because one of the things that, that really spurred me to develop the culinary medicine program Came from my patients. Wow. Uh, the my <laughs> because they would always come to me as a heart doctor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I would see them after they had a heart attack, you know, the next morning after we'd done a, a procedure. And they'd say, well, doc, um, what can I eat? And, or can I have a steak? Or should I drink red wine? And so, um, really, I think for a lot of people because food is such an important part of our lives because yes. we all have to eat yes we all have um, to eat we, yeah and and it's such a source for many of us certainly as a culinary professional as a chef you know a lot of my world circles you know around, built around food. food yes yeah and food experience but it's that way for a lot of people you know if i were to ask you and, and i will so I tell you <laughs> you know give me like maybe two or three of some of your best memories, and I bet one or two of them will at least all involve something about food.
0: Yes, about food. Uh, the first time I ate, um, um, I went to a Thai restaurant, and um, I was I was offered just vegetables. It was so beautiful, you know. So uh, I love food. Anyway, food changes my mood. <laughs>
1: But that that's great. I see this, and you have this beaming smile on your face when you're thinking about that, <laughs> yeah. And, and having that experience, and and that actually right there, um, because when we do that, those we're actually sort of living those that experience again in our brain. Yeah. So all those powerful healing, positive things that you had in that memory of, of food, you're actually experiencing them again, and and putting your body yes, into exactly. you know a healing state. So that's phenomenal.
0: Yes, exactly. So uh, what can we learn from nutrition in the news? Because it seems like every week there's a contradicting study on what makes us LD, like coffee and chocolate. What can we believe? Because there are a lot of false things out there.
1: You know, I'm going to I'm going to and and I don't know if we're nearing the end, but this would be a great quote to to leave on the end, because this has been this has been actually been attributed to the Buddha. Yeah. And it says, Believe nothing, hmm. no matter uh, where you have heard it or whom you have heard it from. Yeah. Even if you have heard it from me, wow. if it does not agree with your own common sense and experience. Hmm. So I would say, believe nothing. And you know, um, if folks want to go to my website, which is chefdrmike.com, um, I, I have resources there and I always kind of leave the, um the references so people can read those studies on their own if they want but but research it and and don't believe anyone because uh i spend a large part of my day answering questions that it's like well whoever told you that that's just not true that that may be what they thought 10 years ago but it's not true or that's a that's a lovely opinion but the science isn't really bearing that out so i tell people don't believe anything um read it yourself and, until it agrees with your common sense your experience and then then look for the science behind it because at, at the university in our course that's what we do is we we put that out there and we say here's the science behind it which is what we know to the day today
0: okay chef um what other things do you have to for the listeners what other things do you have for the listeners um yeah
1: take a take a step back when in doubt look to nature so you know, if it's like, well, you know, I don't know about this. They told me avocados are bad for me. And 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 I remember that recommendation some years ago because avocados are rich in plant sterols or which are plant fats and saturated fats. And so they were saying, don't eat avocados because they're full of saturated fat. Well, that's hooey. Um, <laughs> now they say avocados are superfood, eat lots of avocados. Yeah. But if you thought about it for a minute and it was like, well, avocados are green and they're good and they're delicious. Mm-hmm. I can't believe nature, you made a, a, a food like that. That's so bad for me. And it turns out that nature didn't do that. So <laughs> when in doubt, go away from the processed stuff and look to nature and, and, and nature won't let you down.
0: Okay, thank you so much. We've reached the end of the show. Thank you so much for honoring my invitation. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, thank you for listening. Um, this is your girl, Jostami. And bye for now.
1: Bye-bye.